Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Tim Walcott, here with my co-host, Tyler Patterson. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? We're here. Hey, not yet. Wait, Stop. Wait, no, no, wait. Wait. No, they don't know you're here yet. Okay. Uh, we are here with good friend Brian Hallam. Brian, welcome. Welcome thank you, thank you for the invitation. Welcome Pleasure to the show. Here. You have a great shirt. Yeah. I really like your shirt. Yeah. Uh, the listeners can't see it's it, but they know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. If people don't know who Brian is, Brian is the type of guy that every mother wants her daughter to date or their son to be. Fair. Wow. Yeah. I get that actually all the time. Really so, makes sense. Uh, and he's really? humble. Yeah. <laughs> Overwhelmingly humble. <Yeah. laughs> His answer is fair. Yeah, yeah. true. That's reasonable. Yeah. 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 Okay, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. okay. okay. Hang on, hang on. We gotta Do we have to go like insane? And I think we go like... Okay. Ryan's here visiting from Calgary, and I was going to be real mad if we didn't do this. Three. Fuck it. Nice. It's a blue beer. All right. Cheers, gentlemen. Nice. Oh, yeah. No clink with cans. Did eh? you say this is episode 34? We just like tried to figure that out for like five minutes. Well, I don't even think oh. I did. No. Hey, guys, welcome to uh, episode 34. Between sets, by the way, if you didn't know. This is between sets. How's it I feel like this show is necessary. Yeah. I was telling yeah. Tyler, I don't know if you were in the room, um, Total Wine is this massive Costco size, oh, yeah. probably uh, bigger alcohol store, probably throughout America, but definitely in Florida. And I was in one, I looked at what Ontario beers they had. And the only ones were collective arts, and I think there was like three different kinds. But I was just so blown away that Hamilton, Ontario beer was found in Fort Lauderdale, yeah, Florida. Yeah, that so is so awesome. Collective arts are doing something right. Yeah, it's so like it's nothing kidding. to do with the beer. It's just the pretty pictures. Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, give me that one." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody yeah. put it in some one and was just like, "Here, take all my stuff and put it in your store." Mm. And they were like, "No problem." Yeah, it just took yeah. one connection. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened right. to go on that one day. Yeah. So Tim, why did we want Brian on the podcast? I don't know. He's not a great guy to talk to, so I figured, you know, I don't know why you brought him on. Total introvert. Yeah. Dork. Yeah. Just awkward. <laughs> it's like, that's probably the word I've never got to describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah, I know. He doesn't uh, talk yeah, very so much. Brian, if you guys have been following our social media, Brian is the one who uh, organized and kicked off the Coat Drive initiative. So the hashtag Coat Drive. Um, I'll let Brian describe it, but basically we have. Uh, kind of supported Brian along with that initiative to um, take in coats and other winter accessories to ship out to Alberta, um, where Brian is located. And uh, he works with a lot of people who could use them. Absolutely. More than you, or more than your closet, anyway. Yeah, you know we all have to stay warm too. But yeah, yeah, for sure. We yeah, all have to keep, like, keep one coat. Most, yeah, <laughs> most of us have way too many coats. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll let Brian kind of explain what the coat drive is and why he's like doing how it. it started and all yeah. that sort of idea. So yeah, you called me the one day and you're right. You, I guess you could explain that. Yeah, the full context. It's uh, one of the things I do in Western Canada is I set up these outreach clinics. Um, the big problem that a lot of people have in the world of infectious disease, especially when you're talking like very street involved, often homeless individuals, is accessing conventional healthcare is just super uncomfortable. It's uh, you're going to a hospital where you may or may not have an addiction that is apparent and the, the stigma that you're going to experience when you're in that environment. And it's just like repeated visits. It's just not a place where you want to keep showing up. And that's the only place you can actually access care for hepatitis C in this context very often. So 
We set up these outreach clinics where it's just one day a month or one day every two to three months and we'll have a provider that's actually able to prescribe medication and then we'll do a bunch of screening there, some nurses, a pharmacist, this big outreach event, nice. bring in like coffees and Timbits and, and just be like a really welcoming environment, places where people are comfortable to be. What I noticed from these events, the first one we did to give you a kind of a, a, an idea of numbers, we had 26 people that were able to screen which was fantastic. The second one, we had 15 people, which was dropping off. And I thought we kind of screwed up because the, at the very end, there was eight people as we were cleaning up, we had to turn away, which broke my heart, but it is what it is. I wasn't discouraged because I said, next time we'll change our hours, push them a little later, yeah. and we'll be able to get all these people. Right. We had no one show up for the most recent screening event. And I thought like, what am I doing wrong? It's like every single thing that I could have prepared, I thought I did perfectly. And then I just kind of look around, it's minus 15 outside. I walk 100 meters to this uh, needle and syringe program that's close to where we were hosting the event. And that's usually where we'll get a lot of people to participate. Right. And there was people there. They just weren't coming 100 meters to w walk through the cold to come to this screening event. Yeah. And then the other places that I would have usually kind of engaged and recruited people from or even further away. And I realized how big of a problem the cold was. Right. Like that's a significant barrier for a lot of people. Once you go to a place that will allow you to stay and you're warm, the probability of you leaving is not high. And hopefully... Until you're made to leave, right? Yeah, like a lot of people exactly. will try and if you're in that situation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sorry to hijack, but I yeah. just, I can think of like, uh, like where my girlfriend used to live. I remember watching people find throughout the winter find the different areas that were warm yeah. and then they would just maximize that area yeah. until a guard came by or a cop and be like you got to go exactly. and they're like yeah yeah i get it but they knew that i'm maxing this out till someone makes me go yeah, yeah exactly you know? and so, it makes sense yeah like, why would super, you leave super like, sympathetic yeah, to that max this time out you yeah. might get the whole night there who knows yeah and then there's times where i'll just see people just look with their hands all red and they're in fists and they're just freezing it's just uncomfortable and cold and uh I'm realizing more and more that that is the massive barrier that prevented people from participating in the services we're trying to provide and the help that we're trying to provide in those communities. Nice. So in the future, I'm sure that barrier is still going to be there, but we'll be able to hand people coats, gloves, scarves, hats, make sure that when they leave, they're not going out onto the streets freezing cold and finding the next place they can hang out for a few minutes. Okay. And that's the real ambition behind this coat drive. Um, if we're not able to do an event and we're not able to hand them out there because it's such a challenge to recruit people, I'll just go around to the community organizations that, that kind of have been so generous with, with their time to support the initiative with regards to the screening events and just provide them to the clients that are there. Nice. There's a lot of ways that we can have the same impact and that's what I'm most excited to do. Yeah. And just make sure that people aren't freezing cold. And like for all you Ontarians, it's a lot colder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, that's I mean, a, hey, it was like negative 20 for the past few days here. Yeah. It was pretty rough. All right. Yeah. I mean, just because it went from essentially zero to negative something to negative 20. Yeah. No, negative 20 is no joke. Jump. That's yeah. a objectively yeah. cold. I don't care yeah, where yeah, you're from. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no one's popping out t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. But it gets super cold out there. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it makes sense, right? Mm. Um that's uh, it, with your outreach program. Is it outside? Do you guys get like a little tent? Like, no, 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 no. So we that's something like my biggest ambition is to get a commercial Traeger like grill yeah. yes. and yeah. do massive screening events in a park and having game meat that I actually hunted nice on nice. the Traeger 
giving out and like shish kebabs with vegetables and yeah. everybody's having the best food. Yeah. That's like where my vision goes. That's yeah. cool. We'd like, That's a, really we'd cool. like to thank our, our sponsor, Traeger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's a, a serious ambition that I would be so fired up about. Will that happen? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But uh, that's uh, outside would be really cool. It's not suitable at the moment. So we there's different community organizations that we partner with. Nice. And they'll allow us to kind of run a very informal clinic out of their space. Okay. Uh, and okay. then we're able to have, so it's essentially just like a, a lounge area where people could hang out and wait. And then I'll be interacting, just engaging, making them, making sure they're comfortable, handing out donuts, timbits, whatever, make sure they get a coffee, yeah. just chit-chatting. And then one at a time, patients or individual clients, whatever you want to call them, will go yeah. back <clears throat> and speak with the provider that's there. And that's going to be a nurse or a pharmacist or a nurse practitioner or whatever's the, yeah. whatever we got on the agenda that day. Yeah. So Now, with this, <clears throat> with like what you're doing in these clinics... Have you noticed or have you come to any conclusions on your own as far as like issues in our healthcare system with honestly like I'm so sympathetic to everything that I can criticize. So it's like generally speaking it's gastroenterologists that are prescribing hep C medications or infectious disease physicians, but either way it's specialists. And there's a patient population that's a substantial part of their kind of responsibility for talking about hepatitis C specifically that will no show on like 75% of appointments. And, you know, if you want to have like a walk-in style clinic, you'll have days where you get 40 people and days when you get zero. Right. And that's just the reality of the patient population that I'm, I'm speaking about. Mm -hmm. And that's challenging. And if you are like, everyone's got to eat, everyone's got their kind of bills to pay. And if you want to have a, a very busy practice and that's a priority to you, realistically, you're going to cut people off pretty quickly yeah. and kind of throw them out to figure something else, figure another situation. And the second there's another barrier, and another barrier, and another barrier, and suddenly yeah. it's just so unachievable to actually go and get help. And that's for the individuals that actually want it. <clears throat> Convincing patients that, that they should get treated is a challenge that I really have to work hard. I'm like literally begging people to go get their blood work done. Yeah, It's not just like a That's matter a of, problem in oh, healthcare. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that was the case. Let me go and fix it. Think yeah. of like a, a client that's a little bit, or not even a client. No, this isn't a client. This is somebody that's overweight and you're willing to volunteer to help out. Right. If that's a scenario. There's a lot of people that will like, oh yeah, that sounds nice and do nothing. Mm -hmm. Here, take this form, bring it in next week mm -hmm. and we'll get you started. Yeah. How many people would be like, okay, thanks. They'll take the form, put it in their pocket, wait till you're out of eyesight, throw that form out and continue on with their life. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact same thing, just add in various addictions. Well, and this yeah. is the problem with behavior change across yeah. health mm -hmm. care in general, yeah. right? Just like everything. Yeah, like you brought up the example that I was going to use, which is just like obesity and obesity related diseases right. where it's like, if they don't, why are they not motivated to make a change? Is it this is where the conversation goes usually, yeah. right? It's like, oh well, it's an education thing. They don't just know. And it's like, well, not necessarily, right? It's like that's that's the common that's a common one, right? But that's easily argu argumented, right? So it's like you can kind of debate that pretty easily. I think, and there's a lot of like different conversations on both sides with what the problem is there. Like, how do you get people to change their behaviors? Yeah, for a healthier change. It kind of goes harm reduction, why I'm so supportive of various harm reduction models of care. Think of like a safe consumption sites, needle and syringe distribution. I'm very supportive of those things, although like admittedly extremely conservative in 99% of contexts. But the reason is people are going to do what they're going to do. And the priority to me is making sure that they have the 
relationships or access to services that will help them out of the situation they're in when they're ready to get help. Yeah. And I've been in situations in my life when I'm very disinterested in hearing about how to optimize my health and wellness, to speak more right. generally. Yeah. yeah. And it's like what I'm doing, whether that's like cigarettes or drinking that maybe got a little out of control. <laughs> like I've never once argued that smoking is healthy. And right. I've had thousands of cigarettes. But you weren't ready. You know, yeah. I, didn't, well, I don't want to, yeah. don't t- especially if you've never like experienced whatever I was in in that moment. Mm-hmm. And like the benefit I got from like five minutes of clarity. Or five minutes of relaxation and peace. Yeah. Like maybe that served me more than a lecture in that moment. Yeah. I'm very sympathetic to that. And my issues were never particularly large. <laughs> you know, there's people yeah. with real problems yeah. that I can't relate to. And I've heard stories and I'll spare you, but like they're just uncomfortable. And it's like it sucks so much that someone had to experience that. And now I'm going to tell them how they got to, you know, <laughs> go out, get some nice clothes, do some job interviews and yeah. work some 40-hour week minimum wage job and get your shit together. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, maybe not. Maybe if they want to get their shit together, whatever that means, you can be supportive in that pursuit. And that's something that I would certainly encourage. But like, not everyone in that particular moment's there. And that's something I'm sympathetic to. Yeah. Kind of, I forget how I kind of got here. Well, I was going to say that's an interesting perspective because <clears throat> people who are generally against things, just for the examples that you use, things like... Uh, uh, clean syringes and safe injection sites and all that stuff they would argue that you're enabling a drug user right that's what they would say okay we can go down that but that well you kind of already talked about that you already kind of said you're like which the perspective i hadn't really heard which made a lot of sense so i agree with you anyway but i just hadn't heard that perspective which makes a ton of sense which is they're not ready now but if we can make decisions right now so that they're set up Mm -hmm. when they do want to make a change and we're looking at this optimistically. Yeah. Like they're, it looks like their prognosis is not good. We can all admit that, yeah. but it could change. Yeah. It's that, that's what you're looking at. You're just, you're hoping. It's like hoping is better than they're the They're ready yeah. to right. make the change. They'll know I can just go talk to right. John, right. that's the caseworker, and be like, hey, John, I'm really looking to change some things in my life. Right. Yeah. And John says, that's wonderful. Yeah. Let's get changes started. Well, and I mean, and, to your point earlier, everyone, even myself and Tim having massage patients and personal training clients, some people just aren't ready for that. And they're mm-hmm. in a, typically they're in a different position, meaning like they have a job or stable job, I suppose might be the word, or like they have a family and they have a career and all this stuff and their life is pretty set. So like relatively speaking, their problems are pretty minimal. Right. Why aren't they ready to like do one exercise to make their hip feel better? Why aren't they yeah. ready to like eat a little bit less cake to lose weight? Like, so you can look at, you know, I can't imagine trying to convince them to try to go get help. Someone like that mm-hmm. trying to go get help. And then yeah. it just having someone there that goes like, no, I'm ready to help you. So I think that's great. I think yeah. it's a net positive to Tim's point of like, you could argue that like you're enabling their drug use, but it's like, and then you're enabling safe drug use. Right. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's nothing to do. Are you saying that somebody with an addiction would be like, well, I was going to use, but since my gear isn't perfectly sanitary and all first, you know, like, come on, yeah. you know, they'll figure out a way or they won't. Maybe there's people that that is enough to deter them from ever using. Right. I'm just not thinking that's the bread and butter of our problems. Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly. it's the ones that like, if there's a serious addiction, I don't think <clears throat> taking away access to safe equipment is going to serve anyone. Yeah. Except maybe sometimes there's litter. I'll give you litter. That's the only one I have no solution for. Sometimes when you're walking in downtown corridors, you'll see 
various pieces of paraphernalia and it makes people uncomfortable. Okay. Right. Okay. I will give you that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then oh, there's also the like fiscal argument in the costs of infectious diseases is not low. That's I, was just, just, I was just about <laughs> yeah. to bring that one yeah. up right there. Right. <clears throat> that one's just absolutely gargantuan. You're looking at hep C medication costs forty to $60,000 per patient. Wow. And like, I am very comfortable making the claim that treatment as prevention should be the way that Canada moves forward in treating hepatitis C. You don't have to convince us about that. That it's, is exactly. And you would good. argue it's 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 wiser fiscally as well. Yes, because so if you're able to in the treat, in the long term, it's actually cheaper. Exactly. If yeah. you treat everybody at once, <clears throat> you can't spread a disease you don't have. So even if you are unsafe moving forward, you're not going to infect anyone else unless you got reinfected first. So like being able to really blast that out would be now it's impossible. You can't ever like, all right, we're going to go for it. Treat everyone. It was like, where is everyone? And that's the big issue in hepatitis C today. It's like, how do you identify the individuals that have it? And the ones that are most high risk, we hold an event. We'll get 26 people that may or may not be street involved to participate in this event. The ones we're really looking for, like the super high risk, very often sharing, like, I don't know where they are and they won't come out. They're not going to come say hi to me. No, I'm yeah. still getting a selection bias. Yeah. Of a, the individuals I'm looking to serve, I'm getting the most proactive of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I acknowledge that's still not mm -hmm. like the average. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so there's, I don't know how to overcome that. And that's something we're still working towards. And it's just about keep showing up. Yeah. I wanted to bring this full circle real quick because I want to, I want to make a point to get your information out right now, mm -hmm. just in case someone is like going to stop listening to this podcast in three minutes. Yeah. I swear if you stop listening, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> we got like 25 more minutes stick it out um but how do people because with this coach I, I think to your point of mm -hmm. you don't know where they are is your goal with so i have two questions yeah is your goal with this coach drive to maybe go to those places where like you wouldn't find them before and give out coats and be like hey like here you guys go and also like now that you're warmer, could, do you guys mind? Like, you can walk to our little like uh, pop-up shop. No, I, yeah. I can't find those people. No, <laughs> it's yeah. not like I yeah, have yeah. their addresses. No, no. Uh, I was thinking if they're like street involved, if they're like literally on the street, you can go to the places where like they're typically around. Like, if there's a skid row of some kind, like, could you go there and hand them out? Right? It's so. not. There are places in Canada where that's a reality. Yeah. The community. So I'm in Alberta. I used Saskatchewan West, but like, just yeah. stick to Alberta for now. In Edmonton and Calgary, there's like a lot of incredible organizations that are doing amazing work. Yeah. And I'll generally stay out of those areas for that reason. Now, there's incredible orga organizations doing great work in a bunch of other cities too, but there's one or two organizations. Right. There's not going to be your plethora of, especially when you get the academics involved too. And so there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things. And I think that's amazing. But so the communities I'm going to aren't going to be populations of 1.5 million. It's right. going to be populations of 40,000. Okay. And now that's much more spread out, much more scattered, they will congregate. If you talk about addiction, there's going to be a lot of people frequenting the same places, which we've built relationships with. And then providing the codes to those organizations is definitely something that we may do. Nice. Ideally, it will be at the clinic. I just want to make sure no one leaves cold. Yeah, that exactly. was it. That was the kind of genesis of this. So idea. you're just gonna have like a rack, full yeah, of clothes and be like, here, and here, just like, here, it, it, I'll literally, I'll, be, I'll be mad at you if you shiver after you leaving this clinic, right, 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 because <laughs> it's know? unnecessary. Yeah, there you go. it's like whatever you need, yeah. and then make sure they get their hat, their, you know, their yeah. scarf, their gloves, and their jacket, and right. take a second jacket because it's still minus twenty, right. and you only have one jacket. You yeah. know, like whatever. So to so to reiterate, I need mm -hmm. everyone to either message Tim and I, yeah. you guys. At this point, you should probably have our 
contact information of some kind, follow us on Instagram. All the things will be in the show notes. Brian's information, my information, mm-hmm. Tim's information, uh, Motor Strength uh, Health Club talk. Wow, this is terrible. <laughs> you're fired. Motor- kid, kid, you're fired. Motorstrength.ca. Um, that's it, right? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, Motorstrength.ca. You'll Too find. Too many connections. You'll find, <laughs> you'll find Tim and I's contact information. You'll find Brian's in the link also within the show notes yeah. wherever you're listening to this now. Um, and message Brian. He'll send you a five dollar gift card. Yes, no one has seen that yet. And he'll pay if you ship it out. He'll pay reimburse you shipping costs. Yeah. So it's nothing in your pocket. You're literally cleaning your house, and now you can understand where it's going. Mm-hmm. Like I like that you're yeah. getting like we're getting you on to like tell the people like it's a person that's gonna freeze, and now you're helping them yeah. get healthcare. You're helping this person like you know by all accounts like getting a better life of some kind, not shivering. Who likes to be cold? Who yeah. likes to be cold? Cold? That's it. Ice baths Ooh. are pretty good. We can get back to that. But oh, yeah. <laughs> you are we're so a psychopath. Sick. You are sick. <laughs> Generally yeah. speaking, I'll agree with you. you. Are yeah. Sick. Yeah. The other thing is like the whole notion of stigma in healthcare. It's if you've experienced, like for example, if it's a patient with a history of injection drug use or a current user of injection drugs, they may not receive the healthcare that they're entitled as a Canadian citizen because of their high risk lifestyle. So there's no reason they're fully eligible for, at least in the world of hep C, they're fully eligible for coverage for medication. They could be treated. But there was a time not that long ago, I'm talking maybe 18 months ago, where patients that I've spoken to have been refused treatment because of their lifestyle. That, like, when you finally muster up the courage to go ask for help and someone shits on you, that... I can just imagine how heartbreaking and soul crushing that would be. So when we have this clinic and like that's the other really important piece that I want to highlight is that note. You don't have to write the note. I can write it for you, but just tell me the words you want me to put in it or, or I can do it, whatever. But <laughs> it's going to be a note with some kind words just saying, uh, I'm hoping you have stay warm this winter season, thinking of you from Ontario, thinking of you from Calgary, thinking of you from wherever you are. Yes. And then from Brian or from John, from Jeff, from Cindy. Um, so when they read that, they'll just know that there's someone out there that cares. Their association with the delivery of healthcare will be a very different thing. That's the kind yeah. of culture change that I'm really hoping to push. I want yeah. them to think of healthcare providers in a positive way instead of these like just judgmental kind of ivory tower types. And that's not what it needs to be. And so that's kind of another piece of the... That's cool. And I think that's pretty rare, really. Yeah. Like a healthcare professional gets into healthcare because they care about people you hope like, so all I, all I want to do is help people yeah, yeah there's no like the money is cool but it if the money if it's all about the money you're not going to last in that in that profession mm. because people can smell bullshit from a mile away anyways yeah and you won't care anymore you don't actually care about the person and they can sense it and they go ah eh, i'm out of here yeah right like if, if i'm like not having a good day people are like they can tell that i'm off and they're like you're just not giving me the care I want. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. And it like (laughs) devastates me. So I think those ivory tower types are pretty few and far between. Yeah. Um, So hopefully if anyone is like, you know, not wanting to go get healthcare in in the hope, in the thought that they might be judged, it's sad. And I don't think you should hope that or think that. And maybe if you just keep trying, it's like so many of the things that are worthwhile. It's like, you might not nail it at first, but there's somebody out there that'll serve you. Yes. And so it's yeah. just a matter of continuing to look for that individual. And it's, I think that's super important. So I have some specific questions about hep C. <coughs> what is, is it? Um, there's hep A and hep B. Sure is. The, 
There's no Hep Z though. There might be. I just don't know about that okay. one. <laughs> so is he- Hep Z is way more uh, common? Is that why so we hear about thing, Hep Z a lot more? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, then A and B. Honestly, I can't speak to Hep A and B much at all. It's just okay. not worlds that I play in. The yeah. big conversations generally around Hep C and HIV. Okay. And I honestly don't know the reasons. I think it's because uh, you know, 20 years ago, or even the 80s or whatever, uh, the people that were most affected by HIV were a highly marginalized group that faced a lot of kind of, and it was, uh, I guess, the, the gay population in New York. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I don't know the details. It was so far before my time, but it yeah. was such a marginalized group that the kind of rallying behind them was so substantial. I think that's amazing. I'm super supportive of that. But today, HIV gets all the buzz still, but hep C is 10 times more infectious and dry blood can pass with hep C. It's, there's like, for the actual prevalence of hep C is so much greater and the infection rate so much higher. That's a great thing. I guess we've done a good job with HIV, but right. I just don't understand why there's such a strong buzz there still. And then hep C kind of gets neglected and ignored. Mm. Not fully. I'm like, yeah, there's yeah, people yeah. doing good stuff, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you get what I'm trying to say. So yeah, it's, that's uh, interesting. it's definitely, the buzz is not where it needs to be, in my opinion. <laughs> but I kind of came into the game late. I've been doing this for a couple years. And so yeah. this is what I've observed. And I'm not right. a healthcare provider, yeah, another yeah. full disclosure. Yeah. So it's a, like, this is what I see. There's definitely some nuance mm-hmm. that I'm neglecting. and mm-hmm. I, But I've also heard the stories from the 80s, from people telling them that actually were, they were there at the time and they got to experience the kind of awful things that were happening, the people that were being denied treatment and care. And I believe that happened and it breaks my heart to hear. That's not what I experienced as I've been here for two years, (laughs) you know, so I don't have the full history there. So is this, this type of thing kind of inspired you to put yourself in a position that you can actually make change happen? There's, so I've been, I I was telling Ty earlier. Um, I say my 2040, political ambitions. <laughs> Initially, this started off as, I like to talk about politics, but how often are you able to bring up a conversation around politics with people you don't know and that going well? You know? <laughs> it's a, Especially now. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> but what you can do is say, I plan on being a politician in 20 years. This is my platform, what do you think? And people think you're so full of shit that mm-hmm. they'll hear you out and then just be like, well, that's dumb because, or that's smart because, oh, I like this because it's a very friendly conversation. Yeah. So initially it was just like, I love talking politics uh-huh. and it was a way that I could engage in that topic of conversation without having the kind of, you know, oh, without having all this like kind yeah. of tension and, yeah. and just bringing out all those negative emotions that I don't really yeah. want any part of. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it began. But then like, I love politics. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think there's so much nuance and like th- there's just a, a lack of trust which I really don't love. Yeah. And just I as a conservative voice, I just think that it's very misrepresented and I think very often we've had this conversation before that I think people are just a uh, assuming when everything's around money or there's like the women's issues kind of those kind of conservative views look yeah. very cruel. Right. And they're not at all. It's actually right. like the conservatives that in my circles, and I'm sure there's dicks yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah. the ones in my circles are actually some of the most kind, generous. Uh-huh. They're just like extremely fiscally responsible. Uh-huh. They yeah. don't feel like putting debt on future generations. <laughs> Those right. are very sensible yeah. ideas. Now, when you get to the more social issues, 
There's a lot of wiggle room. We're in Canada. Yeah. Like, I, I just spoke for how long about harm reduction. That's, like, mm -hmm. something I am very unwavering on. Right. Now, if you disagree with me, I can be sympathetic to your point of view. Yeah. But I don't agree. I never will. Yeah. And I'll yeah. try to explain to you why I think that's, like, not a particularly sensitive way of viewing the topic. Right. But, like, I am full of, like, I'm very conservative. And I definitely believe harm reduction is a good thing. Yeah. All right. So, right. <laughs> so we can do it. We can yeah. get creative enough how to make these things. Yeah. No. That is kind of cool, right? You kind of see yeah. how... Uh, well, maybe in your um, your endeavor to like reframe healthcare and how it's yeah. seen, you could like reframe traditional conservatism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Here, you guys are gonna hear the platform. Okay. Yeah. Let's, right. let's There's go. There's a few biggies. <laughs> Drop it. We're gonna do first people here. So I can't do like 2025 because the biggest thing underpinning my big campaign is I want a cashless society. I don't think cash should exist in as a as a motive kind of purchase, mm -hmm. a medium of transaction, like that that's not gonna be okay in my world. Whoa. Yeah, it's all gonna be, you have to be able to follow a transaction. You have to document the transaction. Like, you can't, basically you can't have this massive underground account economy form. Everything about the black market makes me sick. I, if you're not paying taxes on the money, I'm like, okay, I get it. Avoiding taxes is something that a lot of people do. Yeah. And I am very sympathetic to that. Not a big tax guy myself, right. but it's illegal. <laughs> and the people that do that might be good. Probably not. And the, I'm not saying everyone that avoids taxes are bad people, but pretty much all bad people avoid taxes. So I'm just trying to take in the things that gross me out to no end. Sorry, it's, stay with the cashless society though. Yeah, it is. But, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. It's a drug trade. Yeah. That's okay. the biggest thing. I think um, there's a lot of other policies that I'd want to move in the form of healthcare with regards to like, I'm not so sure I've been out of Ontario for a little while now, but injection opioid antagonist therapy. So you're, everyone's familiar with methadone, suboxone. Uh -huh. So those are drugs that you can, if you have an opioid addiction, you can be prescribed methadone say where you go into the pharmacy every day and you take your drink and that's able to sustain your addiction so you don't get pill sick you don't face a opioid withdrawal okay yeah whatever they'll wean you off over time or they won't maybe it's for the rest of your life it doesn't matter but that's a way to control the addiction there's an injectable form that is being there's a, a naomi trials or a big thing that happened in bc there's a currently IOT clinics, injectable opioid antagonist therapy clinics that exist in Alberta for sure and BC as well. And it's patients going in and you, I don't know how like, the specific drugs in all contexts, but a lot of time it's diacetylmorphine. It's going to be a heroin prescription where they're going in twice a day. And sometimes I've heard kind of mixed reviews. I've heard some nurses say that they come out like total zombies and it's kind of a sad situation uh -huh. to observe and experience. But it's a way like if somebody wants a particular substance, if you can provide it as like the governing body, exact same harm reduction principles we already discussed, where the day that they do want help, they have access to everything they need to get away from that kind of life, if you will. Yeah. But in the meantime, they're having what they want provided in a safe and comfortable environment with healthcare providers around if anything goes wrong. That's a nice thing. Right. It's a very easy thing for me to wrap my head around. Those kind of programs need to be expanded. And then when you are able to take cash out of the society, allow, like basically disallowing, how do I say this? <laughs> Any criminal activity from possibly taking place, unless you're willing to suggest that somebody with an addiction is going to go with their debit card, purchase something that whatever drug dealer wants, barter that item for drugs twice a day in perpetuity. 
which is just like not a very scalable thing. It might happen, whatever. But that's interesting. So you're 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 proposing a cashless society as a way to like completely obliter- crush obliterate. No, yeah, it's not just drugs. The, obliterate drugs, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But drugs like, is my biggest thing, but. And hey, I'm not anti-drug either. So there's a lot of things that are going to change there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like sorry. I, I mean, from the addiction standpoint, I yeah, guess, right? to kind yeah. of uh, um, address that that issue exactly. And there's that's just so much. I think there's an absolute ton of revenue that's being missed, that's just not being taxed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, again, I'm not saying everyone should be like, I'm not ever going to increase taxes. It's never yeah. part of my world. I was going to say, this isn't very conservative, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm You're losing me, dude. Whatever our consensus is and what we're willing to pay yeah. Yeah. in our kind of tax yeah. structure, yeah. everybody pays it. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so whatever we're agreed upon, whatever's comfortable. Whatever and, and, you're, and then kind of elaborating on the cashless society as far as it goes towards uh, like addressing the addiction problem. You're saying it'll like disincentivize people to make certain harmful decisions because now it's tracked. Now it's now it's like okay, as a dealer, well, you as can't. an underground dealer, I w- I'm now I'm now I have. If the government wants to audit me, yeah, now I have all this money it's, that I've made yeah, off cocaine in my bank account. So it's not the which I would have kept yeah, in a shoebox. It's not the user. I'm. Entirely, I'm, I'm a big right. decriminalization guy when it comes yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. Now that users, I'm very unconcerned. Mm-hmm. It's the any dealers you can't scale an operation mm-hmm. and have that money be traced. And if you yeah. can, if you get creative and figure out a way to do that, mm-hmm. but it's just very another, impressive. It's just yeah, an, it's another. It, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's a, a giant. It's another barrier. barrier. There's a lot of yeah. people that I've known in my past that are mm-hmm. are not particularly crafty, but the barrier to access some sort of a low level distribution of narcotics in general mm-hmm. uh, is not high like it, it's very simple to get into that world you bounce out right away get your life back on track no problem I've seen that years ago mm-hmm. you know guys in high school get in with the wrong friends mm-hmm. they make a couple bad decisions and they go down this road for three months and then the yeah. road that barrier is so low that they can do that what if that right. barrier was you've got to find a way to I don't even know how to do it. I haven't thought about right, a way to right. break my yeah. system, which yeah. is great. Right. But eventually I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But obviously the barrier is much higher. There, All these transactions are being recorded. They can uh-huh. be traced. And if there's a really like a huge amount of suspicious activity, there's going to be a, a way to prevent that from happening. Or, and it's just, a double whammy. It's that it creates a barrier, but it's also a double whammy, or maybe you have other reasons, multiple whammy, where yeah. it's um, uh, you can also maximize... Uh, tax revenue, which would actually probably decrease taxes because now you're actually... Yes, that's a, <laughs> the people that aren't paying taxes are actually... You're subsidizing them as a taxpayer. Right. Because you know, yeah. there's an and amount the of money that's is, required. Uh-huh. And the second somebody doesn't pay it, you, on average, pay more. Yeah. You know, the, the amount gonna, that's needed doesn't change. Point. Yeah, because yeah. that, that'll... Right. Exactly. So that's it's a, Take it out of context, what you just said. As it, like... If someone just wrote an article about like Brian Helm said he wants a cashless society, that would trigger so many people because <laughs> a lot of people are like, I need this cash to pay for my groceries, pay for my kids, whatever. But like, I like your points. Yeah. Like without context, it sounds insane. Yeah, exactly. But like with the points, I'm like, you're going to pay less taxes over time. Yeah. And then everything becomes like, because it is illegal, like you're saying. Yeah. Because of the reason why, like, you're not contributing to the society now that we're all living in, and then you're reaping the benefits from it if you, you know, have OHIP and all these things. So, mm-hmm. like, it is kind of weird that people are like playing the system. Yeah. So, I'm 
when you first said it, I was like, ooh, how is he going to present this? And I'm, like, I'm yeah. pretty much sold. Yeah, that's interesting. It sounds exactly like what you should do because mm-hmm. it actually makes it easier to do your taxes like a, a, to a certain extent. There will like, be, a, like, those kind of things can be ironed. I'm sure we're going to have software that's just absolutely badass by 2040 <laughs> if it doesn't already exist. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's just the fact that everybody's on the same playing field. It's not, like, you're not trying to game the system. It's ungameable. Yeah. That's a nice thing. There's a lot of, like, I haven't read the tax code, but I'm sure it's one hell of a thick book. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the, the games that people play, it happens at all different levels. But if you're just straight up avoiding them, if you're just taking cash, even if you're doing it entirely, you're just, uh, you're a painter and yeah. homie next door wants to get his walls painted and he pays you in cash, there's a, like, you are subsidizing that behavior. And it's like, that's still illegal. Yeah. I'm not like it's not really hurting me in any way, you know. It's like it's not a huge deal. It sounds but dramatic, but it that's is like the yeah. good side of tax evasion, yeah. and it's still illegal. So right. there's no real like I'm not gonna have that much sympathy for the people that are complaining. But the big issue is the Big Brother thing. It's like every single transaction is traceable. That's something right. that makes people super uncomfortable. Yeah, well, that was the first less thing I thought about. And less and less. Like, right. you probably don't have your fingerprint on your cell phone yet, but. Nope. Yeah, that's something that, like, <laughs> yeah. the majority of people have that face yeah. scanner that's going to be. And I'll partake in any of those tenure yeah. challenges. And there's going to be enough yeah. people like Tim, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but less and less. And then, like, the, the real people, like, who uses cash? Do you guys use cash? Yep. Like, yeah. predominantly? Will you ever no. go out and get cash to make before you go somewhere? Oh, no, uh, uh, no. Actually, it depends where I'm going. If the if it, if it would be easier, I got a bar. I'm not sitting there like waiting for them to bring the machine. I'm like, here you go. Here's twenty bucks. Yeah, breakfast spots. Like I use cash actually quite a bit, but my dad always used cash, so I kind of emulate him. Yeah. So like, a, if not, I would just use tap, 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 boom, yeah, boom, boom, which is world. most of my purchases <laughs> for sure. And yeah. you could just get out your wallet could be like paper thin. Yeah, two cards. Like ID visa, boom, good. Yeah, to go, yeah, exactly. Right? So that's not a, a bad way to live, anyway. That's yeah. the majority. That's my world. I don't, I don't do cash. Um, I think more and more people are like that. Um, I, I just eventually, not ready yet, but like, you know, twenty years, twenty-one years, twenty <laughs> yeah. and whatever, twenty years yeah. and yeah. seven yeah. days or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think people will come around to that not being such an issue. Now you should talk to us about your while you're on your platform about drugs in general. And keep it under and eight minutes, Brian, because we have eight minutes left. Oh, shit. Nice. No, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Give us your but, entire platform and, six and, and how it ties into um, your experience thus far in going back to this Hep C clinic and all that stuff. Like, um, just as far as, like, drugs in healthcare and how healthcare has, uh, I don't know, just how that all ties together. You know what I mean? Because people who are... You know, you're either pro-drug or anti-drug. I guess that would be like the, that's how you would easily dichotomize people, which isn't helpful. It's so, because, yeah, that's like, right? it's kind of like politics, you're Republican or Democrat. Right. And it's, it's like, like, nobody is that hardcore party line. Even yeah. anyone in the Republican or right. Democratic Party yeah. is not 100% aligned. Yeah, everyone has other ideas. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah, I really, you Those know. topics are so nuanced. Yeah. Do you think a, like a, 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 somebody who's faced a great deal of trauma and is able to overcome their trauma momentarily with the use of an illicit drug. Do you think that person should be put in a cage for years? Like, who in their right mind says yes to that? Yes. There's somebody. There's yeah. somebody with, like, a zero compassionate bones right. in their body. Yeah. But few and far between. Yeah. You know, like, right. there's always some sort of, like, oh, I can I can understand that. Yeah. 
the the decriminalization makes the most sense to me. Okay. It's uh it's just the simplest. I like if it were up to me, I'd go full legalization. Whoa, but, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Some level of practicalities. Uh, I just now you're the, talking crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that, freaking commie. The other big one is that I just don't like underground economies. So if you don't provide the supply, somebody else will. And those somebody right. else is going to be bad people. Yeah. And how much, when you get in the whole laundering world, it's mm. like how much gross shit Well, and the whole thing the too, like money? being being like uh, anti, uh, anti-drug anti is is also kind of, uh, like it's a, a fool's errand because you're being anti-drug implies that you would want a drug-free world or a drug-free society. Or a little kids spin in chairs. Like everybody right. likes getting a little fucked up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. That's the best point. Yeah. 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 Just there, the I'm drinking a beer yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm like so happy drinking this. Right. It just yeah. makes my head feel a little different. Right. I thoroughly enjoy it. It kind of gets a little social lubricant. Make sure you get up for work tomorrow. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking you to the clinic, man. <laughs> no, but, but I get it. And it's all on a scale. You have yeah. a cup of coffee in the yeah. morning to get jacked up. It's like, right. yeah, me too. Right. You're doing drugs. Right, yeah, and I think yeah. that, but and just and just like to even, but even regardless of that, even just think about like just the hard, the the harder drugs everyone knows about. It's like if you think that those are not going to exist, yeah. you're living in a fairy tale land because yeah. those will exist. So now, what do we do? What do we do about them? Instead of just being like, nope, they can't exist. Don't enable. Pretend they don't exist, and one day we can get rid of them. Yeah. Sorry, it's like people are gonna do them. And, so what are you gonna yeah. do? And who like, else are you hurting? To? Like the, the whole like internationally. I mean, the amount of terrible things that the kind of drug trade provides or oh, as far as like violence and stuff in other yeah, countries in other and, places yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's all generated by a demand that's generally in the more wealthy countries yeah it's not like it's not anyone's fault if there's a demand somebody will satisfy mm-hmm. it unless you're willing to step up and do it in some harm reduction type way Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. That's a little bit too too out there. But the decriminalization thing is much more practical, and I think that's that's the move. Um, there's another. I don't know. It's kind of off topic, but it is on the topic Sorry. of Hep C medications. A thought yeah. experiment that I've been really interested in lately, which I haven't totally got figured out. But America gets a lot of a lot of heat for having high cost healthcare, which I right. think everyone's heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. What if? American pharmaceutical companies were only able to set one global price. So whatever the medication costs, it costs the same in the United States as it does in India, as it does in China, as it does in Mexico, as it does in Canada. Mm-hmm. One price. Would there be any criticism to the delivery of American healthcare? Probably not. Wait, because, what do you mean? <clears throat> so if you yeah. take any infectious disease, yeah. and realistically it was some American pharmaceutical company that owns the patent for the drug or created the drug, and they, like for hep C medications, what I'm most familiar with, mm-hmm. when it costs $60,000 in Canada, and it costs probably more, for very, it depends on the insurance company in the uh-huh. States, and then in India it's 600 bucks. Uh-huh. Same medication. It's like, you said, that's an injustice. Obviously they can charge less. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, maybe they can charge less in India because they charge so damn much here. And so North Americans largely subsidize the costs of medication to, relatively speaking, low-income countries. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reality of the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And so all this criticism on America for having their kind of, everything should be a single-payer system, everything should be free. It's like, well, how much of our healthcare is subsidized by... Americans. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I'm not 
totally thought this one through. Probably a little okay. controversial. Should have waited out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think that's one thing that I've been sensitive to is how critical people are. I'm not saying American healthcare system is better either. Right. It's different. Right. Yeah. Different. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And it's that's it. That's the yeah. only judgment I have of it. Yeah. And it's everything. Whenever you go different places, you hear about everything's so much better in Canada. Everything's so much better in the states. It depends on your situation. The grass is always right? greener. Yeah. It mm-hmm. depends on your mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. And how many people I know where it's yeah. like, or at least situations I've known where. Um, They've been uh, they've been able to get healthcare access here, and um, they were like very surprised with the system as far as like wow this is amazing this would have cost us when we used to live here and we were you yeah. know the it's like that's amazing that's pretty cool it's very different from the country that they used to live in as far as what they would have gone to the doctor for and right. what they had to pay for yeah um, and then the vice versa is also true. Where How many I know, do you know that go across the border? Go across the border, and they're like, "Yeah, there's so much better." And like to be fair, those are always people who can afford to do that, right? right? So, and I'm, you know, yeah, I'm not foolish enough to not like admit that like, yeah, those yeah. are people who can do that. I'm a big uh, two tier system guy. I think that makes the most sense. Usually, uh, people say I'm a big like quote guy, or I'm a big like coffee guy. Ryan's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm a big two tier system. Yeah, two tier right? healthcare provider. <laughs> you should put that in yeah. your uh, uh, Instagram Bumble, Bumble, Bumble <laughs> yeah, bio. Yeah, right. Big two tier system guy. Yeah. Want a date? <laughs> yeah. No, it's been a. I just like that thought experiment, though. Yeah. Because I just like I've been hearing so much criticism. I like to talk about healthcare. It's a fun yeah. conversation, mm-hmm. and when you get some opinions going, out, they're the. It's. That's a topic that pretty much everyone agrees is American healthcare is awful. Mm-hmm. At least in Canada. Unless you don't get sick ever, then it's amazing because you pay zero dollars. <laughs> like, I would love to be in the States. I don't do anything. I don't go to yeah, the doctors ever, rarely. Yeah, yeah. So if I do, like when I go here, I'm like, well, you still pay have way insurance more. ideally. Ideally, in you perfect would. World. Yeah. 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 You probably should. But yeah. Some people aren't as uh, well equipped mentally yes. to be like, oh, I should probably do the thing that costs less. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just an interesting way to think about it, and it just kind of, I'm like, I feel like they're victimized a lot, and it's just totally unfair. It's just a little thing that's been going through my head lately. Definitely. Don't know why. Yeah. Can't explain that one. If there's, um, Tim, do you have any questions for Brian? Like, we're 45 minutes in. Yeah, so so we'll we'll wrap it up, I think. Kind of, yeah, within the next, like, five minutes or ten minutes. Can we talk Um, fitness? Yeah. I like fitness. You know what's funny? It's, if you looked at Brian, I think you'd be like, oh, this guy's going to talk about anything fitness. You're, like, the biggest dude, shredded all the time. You're running all... Actually, my question for you. Yeah. Why are you running? What kind of started that? <laughs> yeah. Stop there. Just that. Oh, hey, why man. are you running? Why, why are you running? <laughs> <laughs> what are you running from, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was listening. I think it was Rogan and Cam Haynes. Okay. But when he was talking to, what was it? Or maybe Goggins. I don't fucking know. One of the runners. One of the crazy guys. Yeah. yeah. And when he's like, the first run was like a kilometer or a mile. Probably a mile. They're Americans. Yeah. <laughs> the first one was a mile and it was a struggle. And then you just keep doing that until you get better. Yeah. And then it was Cam Haynes who said that running is his favorite because running always sucks. And how many people are just like, oh, I'm just not built for running. And that was me. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm over short distance guy. Yeah. I just I don't got the running genes. Yeah. I used to say all those kind of things. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> everybody says yeah. it. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's totally standard language across the board. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, maybe it's just hard and stop being a, I don't know, whatever language you want to use. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't swear, you're going to be a politician. <laughs> Stop being a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for real. Yeah. It's like, no, uh, it's, oh, it's hard. You probably shouldn't do it. 
Yeah. What? (laughs) So, like, for that reason, I know you're kind of, like, against the whole doing things because they suck, (laughs) which I kind of agree with. Right. But with running, it's like, it doesn't suck that much. I think doing things... In spite of them sucking, right? Great. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with running. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can definitely when I'm doing like 4 a.m. There's enough benefits, dude. There's enough benefits that I'm sure you could make a list of things that you enjoy about running now. Running is unhealthy. It's like no, no. no, I don't think it's unhealthy. It's like okay, what's your problem? Yeah, it's uncomfortable and sucks. It's like okay, tough enough. But that's also not it. Like there's other stuff too. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's uncomfortable and sucks. But there's other stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's even like lifting weights. Like, I don't, I love lifting weights, but it's like, it, they don't, it's not always fun. Like, there's parts where it's uncomfortable and it sucks. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll just keep doing it because I know that, like, the the larger picture, I enjoy this thing. Yeah. This thing I've the, done. So, I like being strong, functional, and yeah. physically calm. And I don't do, I know a lot of people actually do that with fitness, particularly where, um, and it, and it, it does bother me a little bit. I shouldn't say bother me. I don't care what they do, but it, yeah. it would bother me if like I don't want to do something like that where they, you know, people have approached me before where they're like, oh, I'm doing this, uh, I don't know, and then they name some crazy freaking wad or something, some crazy CrossFit yeah, workout, yeah. and they're like, I don't know if I can do it. Like it's that type of thing that like it's going to be so hard. They make it just obscenely insane, yeah. and I'm like, why are you doing that? And they're like, because it's hard. I'm like, cool, man. Like, yeah. I don't like. Yeah. How about we just try and get better today? Like, I you like, don't need to do a I thousand like competition. Thing. Sure. So if you're going into a competition, that competition's got some ridiculous physical requirements. Sure. I'm, I'm the first yeah. guy. And you're pushing up. the limits. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 But like, training is like going to work. Yes. I love like Pavel yeah. Satsulin, yeah. like his attitude of fitness. Right. It's not sexy. It's not fun. You do it that's, because you. That's similar you to mine goal. as well. Yeah. Where it's like it's 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 not meant to be an arduous <clears> chore. It's like. Uh, there's mostly enjoyable yeah, chore. There's That's enjoyable pieces I, to it, but not yeah, every day. Come I have on, to go. Like, it's one of those. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah. It's part of my life. It's like reading a book. Like yeah. I actually don't always look forward to it, but sometimes I do now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I don't always. But I still make myself do it because it's a yeah. rule that I do. The number of pages I've read, like the number of times I've read, like thirty pages and got one sentence in the last two paragraphs that was yeah. gold. I'm like, yeah. just yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. all worth it. It's like yeah. I basically zoned out for three hours straight yeah. and I got one glimmer of gold and I'm like that was the best use of my time. Yeah. You have to filter it a lot of shit. Yeah, but you didn't gold. read because it sucked. You read because you were, you thought it would benefit yeah. you. And you I actually you feel know. better after. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. You're running, yeah. reading. Like like you guys just said, yeah, like, yeah. you feel better after, and that's why you do it. There's workouts. I don't want to do workouts some of the times. Yeah. And then after, I'm like, no, I feel way better. Way, way better. It's always a net positive. Right? For me, it's yeah. like the opposite motivation where it's like if I ever succumb to like I just don't feel like it. I feel so much worse yeah, 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 <laughs> than yeah. I ever could have from working yeah. out. Yeah. I've yeah. never left a workout being like, eh. You know, not feeling great. I'm always feeling good. Yeah. At least yeah. neutral. Like, I never feel yeah. like it was a waste of time. It always served right. me. Yeah. But there's lots of times that I didn't work out, and I felt like a bag of shit. Right. Yeah. You know, it, the, it's the more like that fear, and I know it's coming. I've uh-huh. done it hundreds of times where I didn't show up when I said I was going to. Uh-huh. And, like, I've never once been like, that was a great decision. Right. Yeah. 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 Never once. Yeah. You know, if you're able to reschedule, it's like okay, that wasn't such a bad move. I right. shuffled my schedule accordingly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get, yeah, yeah. get a few still of those. got it in. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's so important. It is funny going back to like I think there's we could probably think of some like examples that would be similar to what you said about running, mm-hmm. where uh, you know you could argue looking at you, you're not built for running. No, no. And a lot of people would say that, and uh, it is kind of like you know you kind of laugh at it, and I think we've. Just as he said that, I'm like, I'm sure we could dig some stuff up because I think Tyler and I have had similar conversations about other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think right now I can think of one that 
for me, I enjoy lifting weights, like the process of it, yeah. the training. I like all of that. I like nerding out about it. I like, I like it all. And uh, but I'm, I actually say that I'm not built for lifting. And whether that's true or not, who cares? The right. point is that I say that, and then I'm like, I don't care. I'm still yeah. gonna lift because I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was built to run ultra marathons. Sounds boring to me. I'm not gonna do it. Like I'd rather do this. Probably do it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about my bone structure. I'm just gonna do what I like yeah. to do. You know. Right. So like, who cares? Like, do what do what you want to do. Like if there's that also fires you basic requirement, like not requirements. Probably there's basic physical competencies mm-hmm. that it's like being able to run like a 22 minute 5k. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. But you're not like world class, like chill out, superstar. You know, yeah. it's just like you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. anybody in anywhere can be good. I'm right. talking at least whatever yeah. average men. Yeah. Right. You know, you can be good, and that's good. That's not excellent. You're not winning shit. Yeah. You know. So it's like all I want to do is be good, and I am not good. <laughs> it's like, as a matter of fact, I'm extremely mediocre. <laughs> and the pursuit of good, that's enough in this realm. I'm not, I'm probably not going to be a great runner. I say probably because I just leave it open to possibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? just but I'm probably never yeah. going to be a great runner. that optimism. Yeah, yeah. But I'm at least going to be good. Sure. Yeah. And that's all I'm looking for there. Yeah. I'd like to, like, strength is more important to me. It's yeah. more interesting to me, I think. But yeah. I want to be a good runner. Sure. Yeah. You know, whatever. Well, I and I to, think that, like, to your point, too, I think it's like um, you learn other things in the process, too. Like if you're actually in the pursuit of excellence in other areas of your life mm. or all areas, yeah. then it doesn't actually mean being excellent in everything necessarily, I don't think. But I do think it means setting goals, creating good habits, being able to tell yourself to shut up when you're giving yourself bullshit excuses. Like the things that you just described on right. all these things, it's like you can now being becoming good at running in the next one, two, three, ten, twenty years. Yeah. You become good at it. Who cares? It's not even a highlight in your life. The things that you learn from that process, you could carry into business and other things. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. It's not the running. Yeah. It's the fact that you made yourself get up at five and did it. Whatever. Be, like if you're doing it solely for the purpose that it's hard, that's another conversation, right? right? But you're not, I don't think. There's also there's other a, aspects to it. You're benefiting from that carries over. It transfers into yeah. other areas of your life. But like me planning a trip to Lake Placid with my girlfriend to mm-hmm. go on a trail run. Yeah. That idea brings me so much joy. <laughs> you know, just be or even her? like road her? bikes. Be, yeah, no, she loves it. Oh, okay. She's broken all the time. But yeah. Other than that, she's okay. great. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that is such a fun activity. I want to yeah. go find the mountains. Yeah, I I'll go for a drive, an hour and fifteen minutes, maybe a little less. Yeah, to Canmore, yeah. just to run around. Yeah, that's cool. I've sure. never done yes. that to lift weights. Right. I sure. love lifting weights, by the way. Yeah. Please, like, I'm yeah. never shooting yeah. on that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But there's something like lifting weights is always a bit of a discipline. You can get in with your buddies, but like yeah. the second you start making a little bit of a crowd, your effectiveness kind of drops. Yeah. Whereas with running, I feel like people can elevate it, at least when you're running as recreationally as I am. Sure. And it's just like such a fun experience. I think about like what, where, where can I go trail running? What's a cool place I can go explore? Right. And those are a lot of the trips that I think about. Yeah. That's fun. Like yeah. that's like you're going someplace nude to just go run around in nature. You're going someplace like, nude? Or, I heard yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Right around the forest naked with a yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get invited? <laughs> that sounds awesome, dude. It's right in the I like the way you just yeah. slip that in there yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone noticed. Yeah, yeah. 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 You call that there. the silent D? <laughs> Brian, has, Brian has half a beer and all of a sudden he's talking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, guys, yeah. I run naked through the mountains of Calgary in minus 15 degrees. 
This is yeah. why we're doing the Hep C drive so you can run with clothes on. Yeah, there we go. Please. Yeah, this is all just an elaborate plan to get Brian 79 yeah. coats in his <laughs> Dude, I feel like I'm going to I'm gonna finish off with this. Because mm-hmm. I was you inadvertently answered my question, Brian, of like what kind of drives you. I remember, it was a couple years ago, you were still living in Ontario. You perfected the art of folding your shirts. Oh, hell yeah. Like, you have yeah. to be, you look at something, you go, I'm not good at that, I'm going to conquer it. So, like, bodybuilding, you nailed it, you got huge. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to do calisthenics now, you do calisthenics every day. And then you're like, oh, I'm good at that now, I'm going to do CrossFit now. And then you got good at CrossFit. And now running, and you were so bad at it, and then you're like, now I'm really good at it. No, 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 I'm so bad, but I'm working. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> no, sorry. But, like, you've done, you're doing, like, you're trying to do 50 days in a row, right, at five kilometers a day? I was, I'm not in a row, I'm trying to get 50 runs. Initially, it was five kilometers before 5 a.m., Right. I got into the 20s and like I just started dealing with some serious consequences. Not serious, but like I was Once pretty unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I was right, just like exhausted yeah. and couldn't really get my shit together. Mm-hmm. So now it's just, I've already finished them, but it's just like 55Ks. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And that was to get into that world. And right. now I'm in it. Now it's like I want to get as many 10Ks as possible yeah. and build up that skill. And then it's like I got a bunch of little hacks and tricks that I'm toying with. Well, the big one right now is you guys were talking about podcasts on a pod, the podcast with Tyler. Yeah, I think that you were talking about how you do your Tyler cardio. Owendijk, by the way, shout yeah, out to, shout out to yeah. Tyler Owendijk. Love that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you were talking about how you do cardio with a podcast on, and you were talking about fighting with a kid. Yeah, yeah. And you just zone out. Yeah. And uh, I have a metronome playing right now. I have it at 167 beats per minute. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Whoa. Right. And that's what I'm running to with yeah. a podcast, so I can listen to the podcast and hold pace. It's like most people think I'm ridiculous, but it's amazing. It's right. the, it sounds like I could get down with that. Oh, it's yeah. it's no joke. Because I like, love very that serious. about that was one aspect of running that sounded so trivial, but my like not really OCD, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Yeah. I'm not trivializing that mental illness. <laughs> 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 that my OCD brain likes <laughs> that. I like that part about running where it's like you can get into a pace and a rhythm yeah and then you just hold that that was one thing i really did like yeah. about it what you could also do is play not afraid by eminem on a loop yeah oh, you'll okay. eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit your oh, okay. or like eye of the tiger or something. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, just need the it's all about the pace though if you can yeah. if you can hold that you can really zone out and yeah. like not zone out of the world but zone out and just get into your thoughts of your and brain shit that comes yeah. into your head is so cool yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just fun yeah. you can uh, really think some cool stuff up and you feel good when you leave and that's yeah. the biggest thing definitely when you head home. Yeah. Well, again, I'm going to remind everybody about the Hep C drive. Jeez. It's any Co-drive. winter. Co-drive. It's the Co-drive. Yeah, no, I'm any collecting winter, Hep C. <laughs> yeah. If you have Hep C, it's a Hep C drive. DM Brian. Yeah, yeah please. Brian's DM. I don't help you. He's going to cure your Hep C. Brian collects all these vials. In the <laughs> <laughs> That's his platform for 2020. Come see me. I'll cure your Hep C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, any if seriously, guys, if you have any winter clothes, you know, preferably coats, but like mitts, scarves, hats, um, Send them on to Brian. Again, find all, all of our contact information. We'll we'll figure out how to get the clothes out to Brian so he can disperse that. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are accepting donations so you can bring it to the Modus Health Strength Club. It's not even donation because you get something from. No, it. you'll get, you get your yeah. gift card. Let me know what you want. I can get any gift card in the world. The other thing, it's uh, I'd like to get mailing addresses. I just want to be able to say thank you to shoot you a little thank you card. I'll write it myself. I like to say things that are nice to people. <laughs> it's not even my opportunity nice. to do hey, so. Man, say something nice yeah. to me, man. Oh, buddy, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> I, I complimented you right off the bat, Brian. Didn't even respond. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't bring hey, my compliment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyler compliments you. You went, 
Fair. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm not voting for you in 2040. I'm not here. I'm yeah. Alberta. Tyler's like, he's got great, I- got great ideas, but no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, so that's a coach drive. Give us stuff or Brian stuff. Either way, yeah. get into them. Yeah, so, for sure. But yeah, you can contact really any three of it. us. We'll good. figure it out. Um, what do you usually do at the end? You usually do like a thing where he can drop some knowledge, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, you usually say it. Yeah, this is be- this is becoming a thing. We're going to yeah, do this We're making it time. a thing. And Brian's a, yeah. a good guy to continue this, I think. I want you to – I don't want to put a time limit on it per se. No. But like try to make it as like kind of condensed as you can. Sure. What's one thing so you're going to talk too much? What's like one <laughs> <laughs> No, it's more just like, because I could go on forever yeah, too. Because yeah. if you asked me this question, I'd be like, pain, and then spit 50 things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's one thing you'd want everyone on this planet to like know or do kind of every day? Or like just one nugget of knowledge that you'd want someone to like understand. The, it's going to be kind of lame. But, um, this is the hot seat, baby. The, with regards to goal setting, when it's a, like a physical thing, like I'm not saying everybody can be president. I'm not saying like, those things are very big, right. but with regards to getting fit and just having a practice of discipline, that's everyone's for the taking. There's now like you may have an adrenal issue, whatever, but like there's physicians that'll help you. And then it's theirs for the, ta- there's for the taking like fitness is something that's 100% achievable and it'll look different to different people, but there's a million things that you can be super proud of and just like never forget that you can be as fit as you'd like. Nice. And it's a it's not tomorrow, not next month, not even next year necessarily, but yeah. you'll get there. Yeah. And it's a matter of just kind of directing that effort. And then also with, with training and fitness, try to think of like, how can I be as fit as possible in 10 years? People are so consumed with like this 12 week kind of getting as strong as possible. And that's like, they'll really burn themselves out. It's like, did something happen in 12 weeks that's important to you? It's, yeah. you know, train responsibly. You can do, like, train 12-week cycles or 12-week programming is great. But, like, there's not a max out, end-all, be-all at the end of it. It's, like, another 12 weeks after and another 12 weeks after forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's something that a lot of people neglect. I agree. And it's, like, yeah. I want you to get as op- optimally maximize your physical potential in 10 years. And next year, it's not 9 years. And next year, it's still 10 years. Right. Nice. You know, it's always 10 years down the road. And if you consider health and wellness from that lens, it's much more, I don't know, it's, it's much simpler. And it's, I guess it takes a little bit more discipline. It's not as sexy, but I think it'll serve everyone to do so. I guess that would be my little period. That is That's a between good. sets answer if I've ever heard one. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. You just cool. pandered yeah. to every single one of our listeners probably. Perfect. Yes. So that's fantastic. That's assuming our listeners agree with anything we say. Well they hate me. They like Tyler. Because he's so lovable. That's, and I say I love you at the end of every podcast, Tim's like, No, we don't. Or like he's oh, like, I don't, Tyler. I love that. You gotta right? play the good cop, bad cop, dude. Oh, I'm nice. actually the bad cop. Yeah. Always. I'm not playing. Tim literally messaged me the other day saying like my what'd you say to me? My my willingness or my ability to like understand the good in everybody is like really pissing him off lately because I'll find the good in anything and anyone. Mm-hmm. And like, some things are just not Jeffrey good. Jeffrey Dahmer's a dick. Some things <laughs> are like, stop it. Some hey. things are some things are just not good. Yeah, that's <laughs> really and then the Tyler will sure. find it, and I admire it. Yeah, uh, tremendously, and yeah. it's like actually mind blowing that yeah. it's like it'll happen every time. Like I could bring something up that's absolutely <laughs> horrible, and he'll be like. Wow, that's horrible. And then go, but you know, and I'm like, nope, 
hundred percent horrible. <laughs> yeah, Tim well, just wants me to like you know shoot the shit with him, and I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck, yeah. sorry, man. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, <laughs> it's my brain. I know. I'm like, come on, head. tell me it's horrible with yeah. me. He's like, well, it is, but like also, <laughs> there's a lot of things that like, and I do it as well. Like, tend to complain about, but like, nothing happens in isolation. When you yeah. throw out yeah. one little bad thing from your life. How many good things are packaged onto that that you now don't get to experience? Yeah. That's generally how I'll frame yeah. something negative. Like some bad experience that I'm yeah. having. I'm like, yeah. what goes with this that I love? Yeah. And there's something that's, that's like, is not directly totally. related, but I wouldn't get to experience without that kind of moment of suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always, nothing's in isolation. Fair yeah. enough. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. It's well, all multifactorial, a, everything. A, yeah. <laughs> that is a perfect ending. Like right. healthcare. Thank you for coming in. Oh, I keep interrupting. I'm trying to escape the show. Episode 34, coming to a close. Thanks, Brian, for being on. Thanks for educating us on Hep C, drugs, drug addiction, harm reduction, the coat drive. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm to have you on again. And then once we figure out how to get a little Skype podcast thing going, we'll have to get you on. Oh, no, fuck that. I'll just fly back. Okay. okay. Excuse my language. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do it's okay. To... It's only the forty-seven times I said fuck <laughs> this time. We need five more of these podcasts. Yeah. We can go forever. This. Oh time. yeah. yeah. I like, and uh, we can have them. We're starting to. Uh, I want to just open it up to like having a six-hour discussion because I could definitely roll with that. Sure. One <laughs> for you and you guys would be a breeze. Yeah. But yeah. So thanks for being on, Bri. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, thanks for the socks and the beer. Oh, bro. <laughs> yeah. And we're just getting started. This is yeah, amazing. that's it. Well, thanks yeah. for being on. Number 34. Finally, you made it. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Wait, Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. No, Christmas is going to be gone. Will it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Christmas. There we go. Happy New Year. That's yeah. going to be Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year to yeah. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. New Year podcast. There you go. <laughs> Remember, we love you. Well, me and Brian do. Yeah. See you guys. Love you guys.